Welcome, D gentlemen and D gentlewomen, to episode five. That's right, episode five. It's a sad episode of the Odds Get Even podcast. I'm your host, J. Roy Hammers, here with my co-hosts, RG and AJ Betts. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. It was a uh, it was a tough weekend for the boys. Vegas took us to town, but you know we'll, we'll regroup and come back this week. Yeah, no, I'm doing great. Doing great. Still uh, great football to watch this weekend. Uh, Vegas kind of had their way with us, but uh, we learn. We learn. We move. We learn. So uh, other on the other than the sports uh, sports stuff, how was your weekend? You guys do anything fun? Um, I went to the Leafs game Saturday night, so I guess still sports, but uh, that was some fun. We got a, we got a little dub there. Got to got to honor uh, Borgi Salming. So uh, was a great little night. So, uh, so yeah, so let's uh, commemorate that uh, big leaf win against the Canucks there on Saturday. But let's talk about the weekend we had here with our eight elite eight picks that we had. wasn't wasn't great, definitely. I think wasn't great was an understatement. But let's start with what we learned and let's go over the losses here and see what could have happened. I guess what would have went wrong, I'd say. Uh, let's start with you, RG, with your pick, Coastal Carolina. What happened in the game here? Honestly, quite a back and forth affair there Saturday night. Um, you know what? They they took an edge pretty early and it looked like they were gonna have their way with Southern Missouri. They uh they went up 14 pretty quickly, and then it just slowed down. The offense kind of shut down. They're having trouble moving the ball, their defense was getting opened up. But, uh, hey, they still ended up winning the game, and uh, we only missed the spread by uh, a point and a half there. Yeah, no, that's, it was a tough game to see. You know, I think they yeah, four, I think about 17 nothing right away. So I was, uh, I was selling a brick too hard, maybe pre a bit, but I think it was just they, they didn't cover that spread. They, I think they just missed the call. Like, you missed your starting quarterback. In those games where you're struggling to score, you don't have your starting quarterback who's been the leader for three years now. It's, it's, tough, it's tough to put up points sometimes, but, you know, We'll battle back. It was a tough loss, but, you know, we're still close to the spread, at least. Let's see them lose that game. Yeah, talking about celebrating a little too early, I thought it was over at the first uh, in the first quarter there. I was looking at my account, adding up the money I had uh, on the win on that, and next thing I know, I look at it two, three hours later, and it's a loss. So I was a little rattled there. I guess that's a lesson for the listeners here, just to make sure that never count your money in until it's actually over, till the fat lady sings. So, that was a tough one. But one thing I did notice about college football after starting the pod, being the hockey god, I didn't really watch much college football beforehand. There's a lot of momentum in college football. It's like uh, it's like basketball. You can see one team go up a lot. Next thing you know, they don't score points for the rest of the year. I don't know. I don't know what what's up with that. It's just a college football thing. But the momentum swings are nuts, boys. Yeah, for sure. It's also the most important sport, in my opinion, uh, for betting for home field advantage, which means if if you're a dog at home, you could uh, you could have a big upset being at home, especially if you have a great atmosphere is a very big deal. Yeah, just going off that, I think there's momentum swing college sports just because how crazy the atmospheres get like there's so much more crazy than you know, NFL or professional sports just because it's a student section. Students go wild when they're pounding back a couple of beers during the game. So I think that's all about college sports. Nothing happens because the fans and the players feed off, feed off their friends and feed off the crowd. All right. So that was a good take on uh, RG's pick. We're going to move on to yours, AJ. The waddle over did not hit. Oh, 
<laughs> now I'm gonna ask you, does that look like a Vegas trap from hindsight? Uh yeah, we know we talked about this in the last pod. Um it's tough, you know, it's 66 yards. We moved the line down to 67 and a half, and it's a tough loss, but you know, I'll wear it. I went two out of three in the last three weeks, model overs. I'll take it 67%, but it's a tough one to swallow. Uh he had one drop during the game, which would easily on the over. His last catch of the game. He had a touchdown. He just kind of slipped, so they would be in the over. So the Waddle Waddle's a tough one, but you know, two to three, I'll take it. And then going on to the Dolphins spread, at least the Dolphins embarrassed. We don't talk about wins yet. Don't talk about wins. Okay, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go on to the losses. But yeah, the, the Waddle's a tough one to swallow, but you know, I'll still bank on his overs in the future, most likely. Yeah, one thing about our our little waddle over lock is that uh, we won't be taking it next week and not for the reason we think it's because the Dolphins are on a bye week. So we have a week to sit on it, think about it and see if we want to take it the week after when they host the Houston Texans. But we'll get into that in a couple of weeks for you guys. We got some time to think. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to my pick the well one of my many picks uh it is the pittsburgh penguins what happened with that game well this is what happened so we give out these picks on friday and i'm not one with excuses but i did feel like i have an excuse for this one here the penguins the odds weren't out on friday i thought the smith was starting and when the odds came out i saw the penguins are minus 170 on a back-to-back in montreal with Jari starting. And that's when I knew, fuck, this is going to lose. So as I did, I stuck by my word. I bet the Penguins. I, I knew it wasn't the right bet. I still did it because I went on the pod, said it. If I'm losing money, so are the listeners here. So it was a terrible pick. I knew Montreal was going to win on Saturday morning, but the pod was already out. It was too late. And uh, what do you know? Pittsburgh blows three leads in the third period, loses in overtime. Phone was almost smashed. Neighbors were confused because I was screaming at the TV. And it was just a brutal game in general. Just Montreal just wouldn't leave. They're the new pesky sends of the year. It was a brutal bet. And uh, we'd learn. But for the future references for the listeners, when our episodes come out on Thursday or Friday, these picks can change due to different events that obviously change the momentum of the game. So follow our Twitter account, Odds Get Even, our, our Instagram account, Odds Get Even, where we post updates to our top eight picks, especially with hockey where the odds don't come out till the day of. Some of these picks may be, changed, may be subjected to change. So give us, give us a follow. Daily tweets come out with picks as well. So definitely, uh, definitely worth a look there. Uh, you guys have any takes on the game there? No, nothing, nothing crazy from my end. Um, obviously, had to ride out with the Penguins as well. But um, hey, we uh, we come back stronger. We're ready to adapt next weekend. That's all. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep it light so we can uh, we can keep moving forward a bit. Yeah, not too much my end either. I think uh, I was banked on the pick when I thought the uh, the least would the pen beat the Pens Friday night. So you know, I kind of influence as well. But you know, blowing three leads in the Thursday says it's a tough one to swallow. But like Argy said, we're gonna rebound. We'll we'll get better. Keep it light. All right, so I guess we're moving on to my next pick. Uh, for the listeners here, I went 0 for 3. So last episode, AJ kept on saying, if I give out a pick, he's going to tail me till the day he dies. At this point, he might run out of money by the time before he dies with these picks I'm giving out. So 
So we're going to move on to the next pick. We got Islanders puck line against the Columbus Blue Jackets. What can I take away from this game? What I can take away from this game, boys, is I just can't be fading these Blue Jackets every single game because they seem to come out. They find a way to cover. Even though they lost the game in overtime, they played a great game. The Islanders, let's be honest, they didn't deserve to win. So just going to have to learn from that. Can't be taking puck lines on heavy favorites because recently the, the trends have been the heavy underdogs over plus 200 end up covering the spread over 45% of the time. So that's something we have to keep in mind here and, uh, and just learn in the future. Yeah, no, that sounds good to me too. I was just riding with you this weekend in hockey. I was so focused on the football slate, but um, yeah, well, I'm going to say it again, boys. I'm going to keep saying it all pod. We'll move forward and we'll adapt. I don't know what else to say here. Yeah. It's it's not, there's not much we can say this pod. I mean, we, uh, we're down pretty bad. It was a tough week for the boys. Uh, we can't really say much. So uh, we're going to rebound. We'll, we'll try to move forward. But it's, it's a tough week in Waterloo right now. So after all these losses on the weekend, I don't know about you guys, boys, but I skipped out on breakfast on Sunday. <laughs> I, I didn't eat because I lost so much money on the weekend from all of our misses that there was no money left for groceries. So I now we move on to our next loss because we – kept on losing this weekend we i think if you took the reverse eight instead of the elite eight you would have made a lot of money so we're going to move on to the next loss which was which was i'm blanking here there were so many losses boys which was the next loss Canes <laughs> versus colorado i believe was the, the loss it was the carolina hurricanes our underdog lock of the week which was our underlock underdog fate of the week my analysis on that, if you boys remember, I rewatched these pods many, many times, was that the Colorado Avalanche do not have enough depth to beat the Canes. And they did not need their depth this Saturday, boys. They Rantanen had a four-point game. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that highlight. He absolutely decks Chatfield and then just turns around, gives McCarr one-timer. It, it's it's ridiculous, boys. Honestly, the Canes came out, played well. At the end of the day, uh, as a plus 100, shouldn't be too upset. They they were pressuring. They didn't come out flat. But at the end of the day, it is the Colorado Avalanche, and they don't need depth to win at this point. Yeah, you know, it's that's a tough one to bet uh, against Colorado. But I think the one thing we said in the uh, the last episode was the air. I guess the air was, was a problem in Carolina. They weren't adapted to the climate, I guess. I guess their lungs got it. They got their lungs, so we've all been there, I guess. But uh, that's this is a tough one to swallow when you're defending uh, Stanley Cup champs. Take this down. Yeah, so they landed in Denver, and they said, this air is fucked. We're going to go out and get shit pumped. And, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I, uh, I also have a valid excuse here, boys. I know I have more excuses than a pregnant nun on this episode, but – my excuse uh, for this one here is uh, so Tara Vinen, one of the Carolina's key players, got on IR after our episode on Friday. He's one of the key players in Carolina. He's a big facilitator. I thought he was playing as well as Anderson got on IR as well, but he was injured beforehand. So that's not an excuse. At the end of the day, got to be got to be ready for that. So once again. Uh, these updates will be posted on the Twitter. So 
there is any updates to the picks, it'll be on the Twitter. You take a look at that and uh, adjust to the changes that we make here. Yeah, well, well, well said. I mean, there's not much we can really say this episode. I think it's, uh, it's hopefully be a bit entertaining for everyone, but who said it's a, it's a tough day for the odds to get even, boys, when you go two for eight on your, your mortal locks of the week. So let's, let's take a turn on this episode. We missed on all our mortal locks. Well, not all, but most. But our value picks, though. Take us away here with our value picks, boys. How, how did those turn out? Um, yeah, so my proposal early on was to hit the North Carolina Tar Heels on the road at Wake Forest at plus 156 money line. That hit, it got super sweaty. It got really sweaty. I put a message into our group chat. One of our buddies put in, hey, guys, let's hammer Wake Forest money line right now when they were down. And I said, I will literally put my career on the Tar Heels to win this game. And God, am I ever happy that they fucking pulled that one out of their ass. That's a huge win for North Carolina, too. They're looking like the cream of the crop in the ACC. But uh, at least I'm happy with my value pick there. We uh, we made some good cash on that for the weekend. So uh, I was able to afford an Egg McMuffin on Sunday. So that was North Carolina helped me with that. So thanks, uh, Drake May, for getting me my uh, my Egg McMuffin with sausage. Yeah, I built that live alert. I'm lucky uh, I wasn't near my phone when someone sent that in because I probably would have bet on Wake Forest. I'm an addiction to do that. So I'll in that. But with the UNC, I think the thing about Drake May is he's not going to win the Heisman, but in my opinion, he should. He's like I agree. the most impressive QB in the country by far. He's a freshman, which is even more impressive. 6'4", killer arm, you can run. Even like Josh Allen vibes, but like a better decision maker in college. So Drake makes me an interesting like cult. like he's gonna be an interesting NFL prospect. He is very good, and I think he's just gonna get better next year as well. Yeah, whenever he's is he is he set to go out after this year? Is he in Caleb Williams' year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll be the first overall pick in that draft. I think he'll go above Caleb Williams. He is absolutely elite. He's a, he's gonna be a star. So that was a great pick, RG. Love our underdogs. Say it every single episode. Can I move on to my value pick? It's the only one I hit this weekend. The Edmonton Oilers at plus 155 beat the Florida Panthers. Not much to say, just a gritty win. A lot of heart there. Had the star players buzzing. And uh, analysis couldn't have been more on point. Our other two value picks didn't hit. It was Buffalo against Boston. Started off hot. We're leading one nothing. Nothing much you can say. You're betting against the best team in the league. You get them at good odds. If you lose, you lose at the end of the day, but it was great value. And uh, last one, AJ, talk about uh, Michael Chandler and take it away. I mean, I lost the value pick. Um, I'm still upset I bet it because I think that was great value. It was an absolute banger of play. It's like one of the best. It was such a good card anyways, but I mean, Chandler had a chance to finish before you every single round. He could have been up 2-0. Well. It was probably 1-1, but you know, I'm fine losing that bet. He, yeah, like I said, he could have finished him every single round. So uh, I thought I was going to get that value. I think I'd be a big hit at plus 350, but I'm not mad. Miss on an underdog at plus 350, and I'm going to be upset. Yeah, so that concludes all the picks for the week. Uh, at the end of the day, we do want to see – we do want to give, actually, congratulations to Vegas because at the end of the day, they do win. They won the most. I wanted to go over some stats with you guys uh, and see your takes on it. So. I looked over the weekend and all the underdog hits and how big the underdogs were. So in football, out of the 12 games that there were this weekend on Sunday, 
six out of the 12 were underdog were one that one were underdogs that's a 50 percent hit rate now three out of the 12 which is 25 percent were really big underdogs that hit so it just shows you how much vegas made this weekend and how this weekend is more of an underdog weekend and we aren't the only ones that hit at two at a two for eight uh rate Next, I want to move on to the most bet player props where over 60% of the bets have, have been on. So we had fields over rushing yards that hit, Waddle over receiving yards that missed, Cooper receiving yards missed, Jacobs uh, rushing yards missed, missed, and Barkley's rushing yards hit. Three out of five missed on most bet player props. That's a 60% miss rate, boys. Can you imagine the amount of money Vegas pulled in with most of these bets being on these players and it missing. Yeah, I mean, they're laughing right now. They had an incredible weekend, Vegas, as, as you um, just said. But yeah, so I guess we're, we're going to model, model, uh, drop that, but I guess it probably was a bit of Vegas chapter for most of that. But yeah, Vegas is just laughing at all the betters right now. They, they raked it in. We're going to have to get payback on them next week. Um, yeah, so speaking of Vegas traps, I do have a little bone to pick with the, with the boys on the podcast when we were deciding on our eight picks. Haven't told you guys about this one yet. Uh, been letting it uh, sit, sit the whole day yesterday, moving into Monday. But I think I remember, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I put a little message in the group chat saying that Vegas's biggest liability of the weekend was betting on the Las Vegas Raiders, and I was ready to absolutely smash the Indianapolis Colts. And the boys did fade the shit out of me on that one. I still sprinkled on it uh, yesterday, not with as much confidence as I'd like I did. But uh, boys, uh, I don't know what to say here. So... At the end of the day, that is the betting world. I agreed with you on that. I always love underdog value. Don't want to throw AJ under the bus, but <laughs> at the end of the day, there's people on one side and there's people on the other. And that's what makes betting great because everyone has their own takes and you were right. So I'm glad you put some money on it, but definitely in the future, gotta, gotta trust you here. There was some indicators that we missed. At the end of the day, Jeff Saturday, first game coaching. You know how that works. When they, there's a new coach, there's just that new fire in that team. So, so boys, so just was, a, uh, sorry, just a quick stat on that. From the college realm, after a coach gets fired and now it's translating right to the NFL, those teams have been absolutely incredible against the spread. Uh, when uh, Wisconsin fired their coach earlier this year, I told Josh, I said, let's hammer them minus nine against Northwestern. That hit Auburn right after firing uh, Brian Harson. Uh, went to overtime with Mississippi State. That spread hit as well. Nebraska the following week, they got pumped by Oklahoma, but hey, it was Oklahoma. Then they came back the week after and uh, won some games and covered some spreads. So that's uh Something we might want to take note of moving forward. We'll see uh, what happens with Texas A&M this week. See if that might be a play. Yeah, I mean, uh, my bad for fading you there, but I just couldn't actually put myself to bet on Jeff Saturday, um, who's never coached a collegiate or NFL game before. Their offensive coordinator had never called plays. He was a special assist, offensive assistant. He was 30 years old. But, you know, get on, get on Jeff Saturday. But uh, He's yeah. a dog. 
Yeah, he's Josh McDaniels better not, better not have the key <laughs> to, to Las Vegas next year because that's got to be the most embarrassing loss of your career. This is just someone who's never coached in the NFL or college before. So now that you mentioned that the Colts was one of your calls, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was preaching for the Vikings this week saying I really see the Vikings winning this game. Now, talking about the Vikings, we have our Vikings analysis slash vibe reporter, Mick Bain. How are, how are the vibes in Minnesota? I heard you were at the game. Gentlemen, uh, thanks for having me on the pod, of course, first of all. Uh, the vibes in Minnesota are unbelievable, right? I went to my first NFL game watching them yesterday, uh, and Gotta say, there was an awful lot of purple at that Bills stadium. You know, Highmark is usually known for, you know, being a full home team. And there was an awful lot of purple there. Even at the tailgate, there was a lot of different trailers there. So the boys traveled really well. The fans were all rowdy. We were getting in it. And the team really, really fed off of it during the game. Uh, hey, boys. First of all, before we uh, let Andrew finish here, how about a round of applause for Kirk Cousins? Just how about it? Like, come on. Can we just give him one, please? Kirko Chains, baby. He played beautiful. He did, he did what he needed to do in the clutch. You know, had a pretty poor first half, to be honest with you. He had two uh, big red zone, uh, red zone picks. Well, one of them certainly. And, you know, the only reason he was uh, came, came out well in the end was just clutch throws to Justin Jefferson. The guy played out of his damn mind. So really good to have a guy like that to bail out your quarterback at the end of the day, right? So. Go ahead, Josh. So I have a I have a question for you here, uh, McBain. We we've we've talked about this before on the pod, but since you're a Vikings analyst, are the Vikings for real? That's a controversial topic these days. A lot of people do not like the Vikings. They think we're frauds. You know, we have what seven of our games this year, or six of them have been one score games, right? The only two that haven't have been a blowout loss to the Eagles, and then that first blowout win versus the Packers. And ever since just one scores, no matter what, we can't seem to escape them, but any way you want to slice it, we're eight and one at the end of the day, we're coming out here. We just beat the bills. One of the best defenses in football. They sucked on 33 points from Kirk cousins and the team. And I don't know. I don't think you could call us frauds anymore. I don't think you could say anything because we seem to just keep turning up with these wins, you know, whether you want to chalk it to bounces or whatever last year, uh, we had, you know, six and eight on the season in one score games, right? Do the math there real quick. 14 of our games last season were one score games, but we lost eight of them. This year, we're getting those bounces our way. We're getting those calls and you can chalk it to luck or you can chalk it to a beautiful new head coach leading the Vikings and some quality pieces and whatever way you want to slice it, it'll all come out in the wash come playoff time. So I am a Vikings guy now, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on, I'm on your, I'm on your wagon now because you're going to obviously, you're going to win that division. It's, it's not close. You're going to yeah, get a actually, playoff game. Quick stat for you. you need four more combined wins or losses between the Vikings and Packers. So if we go two more wins in our next four games and the Packers manage to lose two, we've already clinched the division. So we won't even have to worry about the back end of our schedule, assuming we're able to pull that off. So. No, yeah, you're, really you're going to get a home playoff game. The U.S. Bank Stadium, we know it rocks. It rocks like crazy. I like uh, I like watching football games there. My only concern with the Vikings 
How do you feel that out of all the coaches in your division, if they went head to head in a fight, Kevin O'Connell would get his ass kicked by the other three? Like, 100%, okay, well, right? I mean, no, LaFleur would get folded. First I don't all. know about that. He's, uh, all right. Man Campbell Kevin, would not. <laughs> no, Campbell would absolutely break everyone else's jaw. There's no question to me about that. Everflus you know? is a big guy too. Like, yeah, you know what? They got, getting rocked. they got some size <laughs> to them, but you know, KOC, he's, he's a pretty dude, right? Like he's good, good looking dude. guy and mm-hmm. young fellow as well. That's something the Vikings haven't gotten to say for years, right? <laughs> After the Mike Zimmer uh, era finally ended, we got someone, a little bit of youth organized in the organization and Works well with a lot of the young players, so really can't complain too much about that. So honestly, I, I think maybe he wouldn't win in a fight, but he seems to be winning all the games this year, and that's really all that matters to me. For sure. I have uh, another serious question for you here. So the Vikings look good. They're eight and one. Everything's sunshine and rainbows here in Minnesota. What happens when it gets to playoff time? And all the cameras are on Kirk Cousins. Do you really think the Vikings can go anywhere in the playoffs when all these games are going to turn into primetime games? You know what? I think I think we'll have to see. You know, uh, he's obviously known as the noon nightmare for a reason because at 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins is like nobody else. But it's those primetime games. It's just those spotlights. And it, and you know what? As much as people can try and push away the like a lot of Vikings fans do, we push away the fact that, oh, it's just prime time games. Like who cares? It's just, it's, it's a meaningless stat. But even in the Bills game, it took Kirk a while to get settled. He was really shaky, really nervous at the start. And that's kind of been a common trend throughout this year. It's at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, can he get his confidence going early and can he maintain it? Because when he does that, he plays his best football, tight throws, you know, hitting a lot of open targets, much better reads, making the right decisions. So I think it's going to be up to him and Kevin O'Connell to get on the same page early, get him some good throws while also balancing that with the run game so we can get some, you know, play action football that he thrives in. So uh, I don't know if uh, you have this out. We like to do this with all our analysts when they come on and talk about their teams. Do you have the schedule for the Vikings for the rest of the year? I do. Uh, I do. Absolutely. Now. Uh, we want you to go through every game, just quick win or loss. And I want our listeners to be educated on, I guess not educated, but more lean towards what their record's going to be at the end of the year and what they should look forward to for the Vikings, I guess, for the end of the season. Okay. So starting off, we got the Cowboys coming up next week. All right. Already opened the odds for that. And the Cowboys are favorites by two, which I do not like. One bit, I think that, you know, a minus two spread is clearly Vegas saying we have no idea how this is going to swing. Um, I really like the Vikings chances in this one. You know, we faced the Cowboys before we've lost to them. Uh, I believe it was last year against the backup, not even Dak Prescott. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that pans out for us. But I have us winning two of the next three. I don't know which one we're going to lose between the Cowboys, Patriots and Jets but I know the Vikings are going to lose one of those games probably against the Patriots. That's the Thanksgiving game, you know, under the lights. We know how Kirk does there. Um, Lions should be a cakewalk, hopefully. Uh, Then we have the Colts. I think that, uh, that big coaching change that we were talking about earlier, I think that wears off by that point. So I don't think I have to worry too much about them. Then we have giants, Packers and bears to close the year. And, 
I honestly have us losing to Packers and Bears to close the season, but all in all, 13 and four record for the Vikings by the end of it. I think it's a fair, a fair prediction considering what we've seen so far. So I, I love that prediction. I, I don't have you guys beating the Cowboys next week. That is a homer take. I do like my Cowboys. I feel like it's a redemption week after that brutal loss to the Packers. Uh, what do you what do you guys think with that record prediction there? I think it's a great record prediction. You know, I kind of thought of the Vikings early in the year, but I'm going to eat my words. Going into Buffalo and beating the Bills was not only great for the Vikings, but great for the Dolphins. Now they're first in the year <laughs> because of the good old, good old Kirk Cousin Vikings. But I think 13-4 is a good record. I do think they beat the, the Cowboys next week at home, I believe. It's in Minnesota and they're still dogs. So I think that's a little disrespect to Kirko. I like you uh, not being too much of a homer here saying you're going to lose those last two weeks because honestly, you, you'll probably be resting players. I don't think Kirk will be playing that much. Uh, Jefferson won't be taking a lot of snaps. Dalvin Cook definitely won't be taking a lot of snaps. That's for sure. Um, definitely resting some guys on uh, on that solid defense you have. So I think that's uh, that's very fair. I, uh, very fair. I could also see a losing maybe to the frisky Lions there down the stretch. Man Campbell trying to save his job, potentially. We'll see what happens after this year. But, um, yeah, no, I think you're being a, you're being a fair homer, which is something uh, you don't see very often. So I appreciate that. Yeah, got a, you know, a tough stretch of the schedule coming up against a lot of teams that people have recognized as contenders, at least in their divisions. Some of them in the playoff question as well. And a lot of them are heating up. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. So that's our that's our Vikings analyst, our head Vikings vibes guy. Thanks for coming on. We're going to have you back for the Jets game with our Jets analyst on to come out with the prediction of that game. So it's going to be a good one. 13 and four listeners. There you have it. Let's see if your prediction comes to life. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Cheers. See you tomorrow. Skull Vikes, baby. <laughs> What a guy. So let's move on. This is our weekly part of the episode. This is RG's college football corner. Take us, take us away, RG. Awesome. Yeah. So we had a fun little slate this weekend. Uh, not a lot of shakeups in the top four. So what I'm going to do for you guys, because I don't really think uh, anything's going to change here in our playoff rankings. Um, you could see Alabama move up a little bit, but nothing into the top four. But what I'm going to give you guys is what I think the funnest matchups would be in the college football playoffs, just for TV standpoint, just for good football. So the first one I have would be one Georgia versus four Ohio State. Watching that offense play against that defense would be an absolutely incredible game. Honestly, don't even know which way to swing that game because we haven't seen this matchup in such a long time. AJ, what do you think of uh, the potential for that game of a Georgia-Ohio State one versus four? I think that's the perfect matchup you look for. Um, I think Ohio State's offense with those receivers and CJ Stroud is probably going to win the Heisman, even though I don't think he should. It would be very, very interesting. It'll also have great draft implications if CJ Stroud can actually put up numbers against the elite Georgia defense. I think he can solidify a spot ahead of Bryce Young, depending on how he does from that game. But I think that's really a game. I think just for college football, hope I hope TCU loses the game down the stretch because they're fun, they're fun. But I think they would lose by forty to Georgia. So I hope they lose the game and we get a an actual good matchup against Georgia. 
Yeah, so I was I've been thinking about this a lot. What our ways are because I really want a two-team SEC, a two-team Big Ten college football playoff. I think that's the best possible opportunity to have good football games where there's usually blowouts in the semifinals. I think TCU loses down the stretch, and then if Georgia absolutely pumps LSU in that SEC title game, I see Tennessee getting in if they handle the rest of their schedule. So for that reason, the other matchup I would love to see was Hendon Hooker against that Michigan defense at two versus three. I think that would be another elite matchup. I mean, you're going to see Corum put up crazy numbers against Tennessee's kind of weak defense. And then you get to see Hendon Hooker go to work too. I think that's another great one. I think that would be an all-time football game right there, both these matchups here. I think this is the closest we're going to see semifinals in a really long time. That's why I really want TCU to lose a game down the stretch here. I mean, we'll see what happens. There's not uh, there's not much left on their schedule. Um, and just to close us out here, I have a nice little spot for a weekday game this week. Tulane was supposed to be the cream of the crop in the group of five. They fell last week to UCF. These two teams are going to be battling probably for the rest of the season to see who gets that group of five spot in the New Year's Six Bowl games. Tulane has a game on Thursday where they're favored by only three at home versus SMU. Um, I love Tulane minus three in this game at home. New Orleans is going to be absolutely rocking. I suggest you hammer that in before that line moves. Um, they lost a tough battle last week to UCF, but uh, SMU's been uh, been a bit disappointing this year. They, they have played some Power 5 teams, but... Uh, this is a big AAC game and huge for Tulane. I think they're going to blow out. Uh, they're going to blow out SMU. Just to finish off here, I have one question for you, Adam, about two coaches that I'm not loving right now. First of all, my Oklahoma Sooners fell to West Virginia, a, a team that's probably trying to fire their coach if they can find the money. Do you think Venables is the guy? In Oklahoma, I was funny. You asked her. I was going to ask the exact same question. Uh, I feel like he got back to me, but I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy. I think uh, he's known for his defense, his defensive coordinator at Clemson, and Oklahoma's defense still Swiss cheese. But I mean, you give him a year to get his recruiting class in, and maybe it changes. But I think next year I have a better picture. His defense still cannot cannot stop people and have low scoring affairs. Uh, I think Venables could be. Could be in trouble in Oklahoma, even though they give a big contract. I was going to say with the transfer portal, he can definitely get some guys in. Uh, we'll look at some spots for them this weekend too. see where they're at. One more coach for you guys just to finish off college football. Probably the talk of the town. Texas A&M falls to Auburn. Is Jimbo Fisher out after this year? I think he's out. A lot of guys are are not looking to transfer there anymore. Recruits are flipping over. I don't think it looks too good for Texas A&M. They're going to need to change direction. What do you think? Yeah, no, I could see him going out. And an interesting, do you think someone like Lane Kiffin or Matt Rule could replace him? Lane Kiffin will be the head coach of the Auburn Tigers next year. Yeah. That's, that's my prediction. He'll be the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. But if Jimbo's out, I can see him going there too. But uh, I think Auburn's going to try to hire someone quick just to – have a good transfer portal. So I can see Lane going there. I could also see Matt Rule going there. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that was your college football corner with RG here. 
Moving on to our next segment. This is our weekly segment. It is fraud or not. We're going to actually go back to the college football with TCU. What are your takes, boys? Fraud or not? Uh, I guess I can get started here. TCU beat Texas. That was a low-scoring game. TCU's defense finally showed up, but that offense was nothing. I mean, the Big 12 is just a whole bunch of mid this year. I think TCU's got to lose a game. I want them to lose a game because I don't want them in the playoff. Hey, it's a great story, Sonny Dykes' first year, but uh, they're not good enough to compete with those top-tier SEC teams. I don't want them in the playoff. Um, Their defense has been getting opened up, and I can't even imagine what it'd be like if they played Ohio State or Tennessee. So that would just be – that would not be a good sight. Hey, I'm 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 happy for them. They look great this year. That no one was expecting that, but um, I do not think they're a playoff team. So last week we spoke about Vegas traps, and I believe this was the game where you was it the game that you talked about yeah. taking TCU money line. It was so the game we have- talked about taking uh, Texas minus seven because Texas was favored by seven. Nothing hit. No. That didn't hit. TCU won the game. It was a terrible game, though. It okay. was, like, yeah. <laughs> like so sometimes, sometimes <laughs> Vegas traps don't hit. So, uh, so yeah, that's a great take on TCU. We want to move on to the next team. Seems like it's a weekly thing at this point. The Buffalo Bills. AJ, I want you to take us off here because uh, you keep on – getting burnt with your bills takes on a weekly basis so do you have too much faith on this team are they frauds they're absolutely frauds i uh, i don't know why i keep betting the bills because i despise the bills they're my least favorite team in the league i hate josh allen with a passion i hate sean mcdermott i'm gonna fraud them right now josh allen is not playing good football right now he's thrown six picks in his last three games and only has one touchdown to show for it so i'm putting the big fraud label on them the Dolphins division to lose now, and it's going to run, run through Miami the rest of the year. Guys, they're third in their division right now. That is the best division in football, but they're third in it right now, which means they're not going to be able to rest anybody close to the playoffs. They're going to be battling with the Jets and the Patriots, even the Dolphins, to get that top spot and get some wild card spots. That division is going to be brutal. I don't, uh, I don't still see the Bills going far this year. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, and they're going to roll through these playoffs. I'm I'm gonna not put the fraud label on them. That injury for Josh Allen, uh, it honestly adds a lot of value to that take. I still like the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna stick by them, but definitely put that put the red alert, hit that panic button. Alert. So we're gonna move on to the next team. I hate that this team's on the list, but it's my Dallas Cowboys. Now, who added the Cowboys to the fraud or not list? I think me and AJ put it in at like the same time into the group chat. We threw it in so, there at the exact same time. So there's no one better to start us off than the people who added uh, my team on the list. Go ahead, boys. Take it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll start it off. You know, I hate saying this to you, J-Roy, but I think the Cowboys are massive frauds. Um, I don't know what Dak Prescott's doing right now. He doesn't look like the confident quarterback he used to be. I think that may be an injury issue that he's still battling, but I don't know. They uh, they still have a really good defense, but uh, 
I think that loss to the Packers was uh, kind of embarrassing. Blowing a 14 point lead, Mike McCarthy. I think that's a big reason I'm putting the front alert. So I think Mike McCarthy should not still have his job. I thought he should get fired last year, but uh, hate to say it, but I, I'm putting the front alert on the Cowboys. Uh, I agree. You guys do not have a guy with uh, with McCarthy as your coach. You're going to need to move on if you want to make it past the uh, the wild card round of the playoffs this year. Which uh, I can. You guys are going to slip in there. I think so. The NFC is not too strong. You guys will slip in there, but uh, get ready to get pumped in the wild card game. That's uh, that's all I have to say. So I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on this one, and it's not a homer take. The Dallas Cowboys lost <laughs> the Packers because they fell subject to the Vegas trap. There was over 60% of bets on the Cowboys. If that doesn't scream Vegas trap to you guys, I don't know what does. And at that point, it is out of the control of the Cowboys because Vegas just makes a call, tells the ref to miss a PI penalty in overtime. That was a PI penalty and a half. So definitely Cowboys aren't frauds. Ezekiel Elliott's coming back. Everyone knows that he's the better running back. He's going to be back. He's going to be taking over the backfield. And, uh, and yeah, no, I'm joking, guys. The Cowboys are absolute frauds. It's 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 brutal out here. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm worried. I like our defense, but Mike McCarthy isn't the guy. What was that call in overtime? We have one of the best defenses in the league, and we can't kick a field goal and just put trust in our defense. I uh, I don't know. Anyways, so that was fraud or not, boys. We're going to move on to the hockey segment. This is how we're going to be splitting up our episodes from now on. We're going to be football and then hockey. Keep it separate for the listeners here. We're going to move on to a little fantasy talk here. Had some good takes on fantasy. So we have some buy low, sell high candidates. Now, for sell high, we're going to start off with Martin Nikas on the Carolina Hurricanes he had a strong start to the season he's doing well he's on the first power play I'd say sell high on him before he starts to slow down Tara Vinen who's on the IR will eventually come back he had a slow start to the season but he's going to come back take back his spot on the first power play he's known for slow starts he'll come back so sell high on Nikas we got Eric Carlson now AJ, what's your take on Eric Carlson's Norris season? Do you think that's going to happen for the rest of the year on the San Jose Sharks? I don't think he's going to be able to keep it up, but I think he's getting back to what prime Eric Carlson looked like, which is great news for Sharks fans. But that contract's still pretty bad. I think even to come down to earth, I still think Kale McCarr will end up winning the Norris. But uh, I think Carlson's a good sell-high candidate because I think he will come down to uh, come down to his normal self that he has been the past years. But uh, I think fancy owners should take advantage of that right now. So I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on the sell for Eric Carlson for this main reason. He will not be a San Jose shark by the trade deadline. He is going to be on a playoff hockey team with salary retained in San Jose. I can, you can pretty much pencil that in. That's definitely going to happen. They are not a good hockey team and uh, a team would love to have that kind of offensive threat in the playoffs. So uh, I would keep him around because uh, once he gets on a playoff team, he will be absolutely lighting it up on a power play. I, uh, I would agree with you on, on that point that he is one of the top defensemen in the league. In terms of his contract, 
Eric Carlson's contract. He's not in a contract year. I'm assuming. I'm just looking up at his contract right it's now. It's a bad contract. It's eleven and a half. I think he makes it's if for like four or five more years. It's a it's a massive deal. So usually for these trade candidates, you're looking at if they are in the last year of their contract. I can't see San Jose retaining their sal- his salary for the rest of his contract. Uh, so I don't see him getting traded. The reason why I have him at a sell high is because the Sharks are going to come down to earth here. They're not going to be scoring this many goals. They aren't going to be winning this many games. Um, and I think Eric Carlson's going to regress. And the whole point of selling highs is selling them at their peak. And you're going to sell Eric Carlson at the price equivalent to a Norris level defenseman. So get as much as you can for these players before they come down and you can get less for them. So definitely that's the argument for Carlson. We're going to move on in terms of time here. I have Carter Hart, uh, one of the top goalies in the NHL on the Flyers. But as you can see, the last couple of games, the Flyers wheels have been coming off. They've been getting absolutely blown apart by teams. Uh, fresh off a loss uh, against Dallas, 5-1. I don't see Carter Hart keeping up his uh, top goalie performance. And uh, knowing that goalies are a big part of the league and big part in fantasy, trading goalies and getting a big return would be uh, would be good for any Carter Hart owners. Um I know AJ's in our league. He knows how valuable goalies are and uh, probably selling high Carter Hart's a play for one of the Carter Hart owners in our league. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It's a good sell high option. I've always been a big Carter Hart fan, but he, been, he's been strong the last couple of years. I think he probably will come down to, to himself given the Flyers lineup isn't very good. So I think that's a great sell high option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Flyers had a great start to the year, but uh, let's be realistic here. That's a great division of hockey. A lot of good teams there. You can't see them. Uh, you can't see them winning a lot of games down the stretch here. So uh, I'm agree on the sell Carter Hart right now. Now for our last sell high, it's not much of a sell high. It's more of a salvage value. It's more of a hit the panic button on this guy. We're talking about Victor Hedman, boys. He just got taken off the first power play. Sergachev came back on. Their power play was brutal with Hedman. Sergachev's coming on. He's looking a lot better than Hedman. What are you guys going to do with Hedman off that power play? I'd say his total fantasy value is off. Like, it, it's brutal. So I'd say sell him before he's worth nothing at this point. Um, yeah, I would agree on sell now too. Just the fact that he's, you're going to need PP one guys down the stretch, especially defensemen if you want to win. So I would, uh, try to get a package of a few forwards to help you with depth down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all in for sell on, uh, one of the best defensemen in the league, which is crazy to say. So we're going to move on to buy low. We have three buy low candidates. Now, you guys should really buy low quick before they start coming up. So our first one on the buy low list is Kyle Connor. Victim to a very slow start here. He's outside of the top 100 rankings on Yahoo. Just got a power play assist against the Kraken. I think he's coming back up. The only reason why he sort of started slow is because of Ehlers on the, on the IR. Ehlers is the top one of the top players on that team, and he plays on Kyle Connor's line. So once he's back, which he's due to be back very soon, Kyle Connors be back to one of the best players in the league. So definitely buy low on him. Uh, Then moving on, we got Elias Lindholm on the Calgary Flames. I don't know how high you guys are on the Calgary Flames, but I know they're going to turn the ship around. Elias Lindholm's a 40 goal scorer. He's not doing that well in fantasy. He's one of the high fantasy picks, but he's rated outside the top 
150. So definitely buy low on him. And one last player I'm really high on is Vladimir Tarasenko. Very, very slow start for the Blues in general, but fresh off of two wins, one big win against the Golden Knights on the weekend. Tarasenko playing on that first line. He's definitely going to pick it up. You could really buy low on him. A bunch of the people that own Tarasenko are panicking, so should throw some uh, overperformers there. Get Tarasenko. You'll grab some high dividends on that guy. Uh, Jay Wright, one question for you before we uh, finish fantasy talk here. Can you give some consultation on Jonathan Huberto and uh, what we can expect of him? I think he's a really interesting player here. So Jonathan Huberto is very interesting because he came off of a career year um, in Florida. Now, that career year was beside Alexander Barkov and that heavily stacked Florida team from a year ago where their power play was clicking at an unbelievable rate. Um, so my take on Jonathan Huberdeau is obviously not to sell low because he started very slow. He's came off of an injury. He's adjusting in Calgary. A bunch of these players have different adjustments, especially when you're going into a suitor system. He's still going to be on that top line and Calgary's going to turn it around. So that's why I like, that's why I included Elias Lindholm on that uh, buy low candidates because you got Huberto coming back and I think he's going to come back in form and he's going to be one of the better players. Like he also should be a buy low candidate, but I just don't feel like people would absolutely sell him for nothing. So Huberto for rest of the season is, would be better than the start of the season. Cause there's, there's honestly a lot of room for improvement. Uh, why are you asking for Huberto? Do you have him on your fantasy team? I do not. I just think he's a super interesting player just because the coach uh, Dale Sutter kind of called him out a couple weeks ago. So I think it's uh, just kind of an interesting spot for uh, anyone who owns him or anyone who's looking to pick him up, if they can buy him at a uh, relatively low value, see if he'll turn things around. So that concludes our fantasy talk for this episode. We are now going to move to our last segment of the episode. It is the hockey spots. After being 0 for 3 on the weekend, I really took my time to look over these hockey spots and make sure that we will hit on three of them or two for three. So we're going to start off with our first take. I know you guys are sick and tired of hearing it, but I have the Vancouver Canucks money line against the against Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday. <laughs> You're getting Vancouver money line at even money. They have to win. It's a must win game or else there's going to be heads put on sticks. There's going to be public executions in Vancouver. There's going to be a public execution on this podcast. The Vancouver Canucks will beat the Buffalo Savers. Time stamp this take. I really hope they win, but I have this take and this is going to be a hit. Vancouver is playing. Their season is on the line. This is a must-win game. Buffalo's on a five-game losing streak. Take the Vancouver Canucks. Don't look back. And don't worry. Jay Wright's got you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to hammer this, but it's going to be a sweaty watch for sure. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I hear Van Money Lighting, it'll straight to Sunday Town. But... That, that'll, be, that'll be hammered, but we'll see. Darren approves. <laughs> next, next game. Pardon, pardon, uh, pardon our takes, uh, listeners here. Uh, we just love Vancouver so much. 
Uh, but next, we're taking the Red Wings money line against the Ducks tomorrow. Ducks have been god awful, and you're getting Red Wings at even money. They played a really good game against LA uh, the game beforehand. The Ducks just seem to find a new way to lose every single game they play. It's uh, same thing with the Red Wings as it is with the Vancouver Canucks. It's a get right game. They're going to come into Anaheim off a couple days rest going to absolutely slap up the ducks and move on with their season. It's it's honestly, there's nothing much here and getting them at even money is just a perfect, uh, perfect value here. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's a good value. I think they're the Red Wings are definitely better team than the ducks. So if you get them at even money, I think that's uh that's pretty good value. Yeah, no, I think it's a great pick. Sorry. I'm just kind of out of it right now thinking about uh, how my night will be tomorrow betting on the Vancouver Canucks, but uh, we'll see. So now we're uh, leading on to our final pick. This is a value pick more than a, than a nice hockey spot. You know, we love our value picks here on Odds Get Even, and we love our Toronto Maple Leafs. So I am taking the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow at even money. Tomorrow's in Tuesday in Pittsburgh. I feel like Toronto put on their big boy pants, come into Pittsburgh, People say the hardest thing to do in sports is beating a team twice. And the Leafs definitely are going to come in. Cal Schalgren, however you say his name, feels bad for letting in that shitty goal. He's going to come in. He's going to shut the door. And I say the Leafs win with a respectable margin against the lowly Pittsburgh Penguins. I was actually going to bring this one up. I was literally looking at the line right before this podcast started. How about the Leafs not being favored by a million for the first time? this season so I'm kind of uh fired up about that one another pick I'll be taking tomorrow so uh Toronto and Vancouver please uh make me a happy man tomorrow night yeah just going to that game I'm not sure this has changed the J-Roy pick but Matt Murray's actually started his first game back from injury yeah right game redemption game redemption Pittsburgh Matt Matt Murray started yeah All right, so take that pick off. I do not have the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> tomorrow. I did not know that, but uh, but uh, I'm 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 kidding, guys. Take the Toronto Maple Leafs, great value. Um, and that that's pretty much it. Those are the hockey spots for the weekend, and that is episode five, boys. So round of applause, you know. We're... Round of applause. We uh, we're gonna be better on Thursday, and and. Uh, if you're listening, leave a like, give us a rating, and subscribe. Peace. Peace. Peace, y'all.